Hey, Johan Yox, welcome back to the Rambling Viking Podcast, bringing your last dose of weird for this week. Hopefully, this week has been PDFG, if not, hopefully this episode helps bring it, bring you into your weekend feeling PDFG. That's pretty darn freaking good. Trying to remember to use all my taglines now that I'm potentially going to have, or not potentially, now that I'm working on getting merch. That's right, you heard it, and I'm sure if you listen to the other episodes, you've heard it a billion times. We're going to my merch store. It's a process. Um, I had one request for a type of merch, and of course that type of merch is not one that, that the service I'm using sells. And it is beanies. They literally have everything. They have like tapestries you can get. They have freaking leggings, socks, duffel bags, a little backpack, two different type of coffee mugs. And they, they just recently got like, I don't know what the difference is, but there's a baseball cap and there's a dad hat don't know don't know what a dad hat is no idea but yeah they just got those and I was like oh yeah I'm sure they have beanies I was like actually I like beanies especially in the winter time be a great way rock a hanyak beanie or just a you know the rambling viking podcast which is actually a lot to put on a beanie I'm realizing (laughs) it might just have to say the rambling viking and um or it's like you know Antetokounmpo going, um, <laughs> or Gilgis Alexander, you know, going, that has to make a, an in shape, an upside down U basically, which is an N idiot. And that's what it would feel. Like. It would wrap all the way around the rim of the beanie, which, Hey, maybe that's what you're into, but I don't know. I'm figuring it out. There's some things I'm, I'm going to, I'd like to order some samples. I think I'm primarily going to focus on I'll just be real. There's a lot of options that like, I mean, I could sell all their types of merch. It just enable disable. And it's like, you could get anything from a freaking throw blanket that has Hanyak all over it to co- a set of coasters that say the rambling Viking <laughs> to, you know, every type of t-shirt tank top that you'd want. And it's kind of cool, but uh, I do, I have figured out the name for my merch store. I will tell you that I'll spoil that here. It is called the Mead Hall. Because the meat hall is where you go for good food, good drink. You go for good times. And um, so that's, I mean, that's what the Vikings did. And you guys are part of the Hanya Accord. And that's when you go to the meat hall to grab your rambling Viking merch to show off your, <clears throat> to support. and then But also to get some good stuff and have some good times and create some good memories and have some good stuff to wear around. So. Can I say that anymore? Have some good stuff and good times. And uh, there's a scratch on the C, D, 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 D. So it does that. Anyone remember that? That's one of my favorite jokes is someone accidentally repeats the same line twice. Be like, oh, there's a scratch on the CD. <laughs> um, don't use that for people who have actual stutters, though. So, yeah, that's obviously big news there. And that actually prompted a great idea that uh, Connor and I have been discussing when I told him, hey, this place doesn't have beanies, he was kind of sad. And he said, no beanie, no business. That's my old saying. And then I and I thought, that would be funny. You know, you go now, it's like no, shoot, no shoes, no shirt, no service. It's like masks required to enter. And then no beanie, no business. <laughs> Meaning throw on a beanie or get out of my store. And, I mean, technically, you could do that. You could literally force everyone to wear a beanie into your store. And you might say, oh, that's kind of silly or ridiculous. Hmm, maybe that's the point, but we're not going to get into that again today. So, follow-up, though. Speaking of that, we have follow-up on his story. If you missed it, last episode, 
um, it was a listener word mix up and in the sense of had a bad wording moment and his was autocorrect specifically. Sometimes people are bad at words and it's funny. Sometimes autocorrect decides to totally shaft you. And this one autocorrect, autocorrect decided to shaft him by changing cutie to fatty to his girlfriend of, we'll say a year in high school. He's 15. Uh, relationship survived. Everything's good. They're married now. They've been together. A, I don't know. Grand total of like 65 years at this point. It's crazy, but, uh, and they're only, um, 30. So you do the math, but follow up on that story can confirm. Cause I said, you know, going back in time, I was like, this was before like auto to, I mean, autocorrect was a thing. Predictive text was a thing. But more so when you just had the keypad, I guess. But I don't feel like it was as prevalent. Um, but maybe that's made, what made it more wild and be able to change cutie to fatty. But he said it was on a Razor. So it was the Motorola Razor. The sleekest of sleek phones um, that I never had. Wanted it. Had friends that had it. Razors were so cool. Never got it. That's fine, though. I'll live. So... Uh, yeah, because he said it was back in like 08. So, I mean, that's like on the precipice of smartphones. And, I mean, they were just fresh. Fresh out. So, we're going to start with... Uh, got a lot of stuff going on. Reading the book. Trying to do different types of episodes. I want to talk about... I've also started this new workout program. It's from Athletic Truth Group. Knees Over Toes Guys. Ben Patrick is his name. He was on Joe Rogan. Go listen to his episode. It'll rock your world around like lower body specifically and specifically knees, but just in general, lower body health training and kind of the thought processes around that. And it's really, really, really enlightening. I do want to say his method around getting his knees right. I, I miss in a, in a similar th- thought vein around ankle sprain recovery. And he, and he mentioned this, in the podcast, but he talks about rice, rest, ice, compression, and elevation. And after suffering probably close to 20 ankle sprains between both ankles because of the acro dunking that I did. And I mean, you're talking from minor tweaks to, I mean, whole body weight. Like I land on a basketball, my ankle rolls. And I mean, all my body weight is just shredding my ankle, just completely blowing it out. Right. And so I've been through that recovery process so many times. So I've experimented and looked at different stuff and I've come to the conclusion that instead of what most people do, where say you tweak your ankle, you then you go home, you sit down, you elevate it, you ice it, you compress it. You don't walk on it. Um, you're very ginger. You're limping, right? If it's bad enough, maybe you get a, get some crutches or pull out the crutches from the closet and you crutch around a little bit to try and let your ankle recovery recover. Well, what I've come to learn is that that is actually the least efficient and actually and and least and, and honestly I think worst way to recover from an ankle sprain. I'm not saying it doesn't apply. Like you break something, you have to set it, you have to not use it because those bones have to repair. But when it comes to a joint like a soft tissue injury like that, and I'm talking ankle sprains, active recovery is the the term that I use. And I'm not sitting here claiming that I came up with this because I went to resources and um, and found different ideas of things to do and exercises to do. And after doing some physical therapy and some other stuff, I kind of piece this all together. So it's not me. This isn't a program. This isn't, I haven't looked into, I haven't dove into the research. I'm giving you 
well, I'm giving you my anecdotal research, my personal experience is. And so typically, you know, you're talking anywhere from, let's say three to six weeks or shoot three to eight weeks, even depending on how bad the sprain is. Right. And so while initially a lot of time you're getting off of it because there's that shock and it's going to get swollen and all that stuff, ice is really good for pain management and can kind of be good for swelling and be good in certain situations. But that's really about it. It actually doesn't help the recovery and it actually stiffens up your ankles. So active recovery, by by that, what I mean is, say I sprain my ankle and it, it's at, you know, one of the times I sprain my ankle, it's at practice in the evening. Obviously, they tell you, you know, keep it tight to prevent the swelling, keep walking around on it, keep it loose. Okay, they tell you that immediately after. But then they're like, okay, once you get home, though, like, get off of it. Don't be on it for a few weeks. Don't be doing anything crazy. And it's like, yes, sort of. But actually attacking the injury and attacking it by by doing exercises, light exercises, physical therapy-like exercises, and opening up, getting good blood flow, working out. So in a lot of ways, working out those, those muscles, those ligaments, strengthening the muscles all around that joint now because those ligaments are stretched or torn is what will bring you back faster. So my method isn't, I don't sit around and I don't, or I don't throw it in a boot and walk around in a boot and don't do anything with it. No, no, no. I'm doing two to three times a day. I'm doing exercises. I'm stretching it. I'm working it around. And yeah, it's painful a lot of times, but I guarantee you every time, if you do it right, because you can overwork it, you can, you will find yourself feeling better and you will go from, I can't put like pressure on, I can't walk right to I could walk normally if I throw a sock and a and a good high um, high ankle shoe or a sock or you know I throw on a brace with my shoe and I can walk around normal. And so really, I kind of threw rice out the window, sort of, um, but more or less, yeah. And, and I would ice it, but really, a lot of times I'd, I would do heat on it because what heat does is heat opens things up, it loosens things up, it relaxes things, and it helps get fresh blood flow there. And that's really what I found is the key component is. A, working out the stagnation and getting good blood flow. If you can get good, fresh blood to places, it can rebuild and recover faster. And also keeping your mobility up in said joint, and this is ankle injuries, though throughout the recovery process can will minimize the amount of scar tissue and will maximize and allow you to keep um, will, and will minimize loss of joint movement, of range of motion, basically. And so what I would do is say I sprain it on a Tuesday night, wake up Wednesday morning. And here's the other thing. When you're laying down and everything's just sitting, you're on, you're on a level surface. It's like, ah, crap. Like what are we doing? And I'll ice it initially after the sprain a little bit. Cause it hurts, right? Lots of pain. So taking anti-inflammatories can help some, but honestly, inflammation necessarily isn't bad all the time because not what it is, is it's your body's natural way of helping you, Uh, minimize the effects of an injury, right? So this is from just like a biological standpoint, your body says, we just, we just messed up this ankle. We need, we need to get stable so we can still move and he can still use this leg and ankle. And so we send fluid to it. So it swells up, becomes a brick, loses that range of motion, but it also will stabilize it. It's your body's natural way of, of, you know, of, of bracing your ankle and, and, or your joint. And so it's not always bad and I think we feel fight too much but you do need to work out the swelling so my method is this basically now, there's no cool acronym and there's and I'm probably not going to sue I haven't written this out I didn't plan on talking about this actually 
and so I didn't, um, so I didn't write this out or anything, but basically it's, I have some exercises and different things that I'll do usually in the morning and at night. And so, and I'll even do some throughout the day and, um, get those and, and that'll, and I found that helps me to recover faster. And in such a way now recovery is still a long time. And you, even once you're better, quote unquote, like in your, you're back to basically full functionality, but you know, you still get like, Oh, it'll get sore. Like I can, I can go back and work out or I can go play basketball again. And then, but then like afterwards it's still sore, you know, cause maybe you're only eight or nine weeks out. And so there's still a little bit um, of that lingering injury. That's, you know, it's, it's 98% better, 95% better, but that 5%, you know, makes it sore, makes it stiff. You have to continue with this because now that you've injured it, you have to strengthen all those, the stability is no longer naturally in that joint. So strengthening all those muscles and stabilizers around it will make that joint more stable and help prevent future injury. So basically here, my method is I wake up and I'm going to do stretches. So I have some resistance bands and you know, I'm sure you've all heard about the ABCs. That is good. That's good for working out motion before I do any of that. Right. Because when you wake up, like I said, it's going to have the flu buildup. It's going to be stiff. It hurts the worst. The funny thing is there's pain associated with like immobility because I sprained it. So like the next morning I'll wake up and I'll try and step and I'm like, Oh, it hurts. And there's pain and all this stuff. And then, but then what I do is I do exercises that, that hurt as well. And actually put me in some, in some ways in some more temporary pain, increase my pain level almost a little bit. But then immediately on the other side of that, all of a sudden my ankle feels better. All that pain that was there before is gone and I can move my ankle. I can walk on it better. And it's not like full blown, but comparatively speaking, relatively speaking. And then I can, and so that allows me to then, um, to then, you know, recover better and actually be more functional throughout that process too. Now, one thing is you can't give into the mirage effect of when, if this is the first time you do it and you're like, Oh, Oh, it feels so good. And then you go and do something and you overwork it and you actually aggravate the injury. That is a very real thing. There is a threshold. It's a fine line. There's a threshold that you can overwork it and aggravate the injury. And so it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a trial and error process, but a baby step process, but you start to learn what that is. The more you go through this and hopefully you never have to go through this. So this may just be advice for nobody. Just me reminisce my memoirs of my ankle sprains. That might be the title of this episode. <laughs> my ankle sprain, the ankle sprain memoirs. I got a lot more to get into. So hopefully that's not, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah. And so it's kind of funny, right? Cause you're in pain. So you think you don't want to, you naturally don't want to use it. And then, but then you do the opposite of that and you put, and you, and you use it and work it out and technically put yourself in some more pain and ultimately feel better. So in a lot of ways it's, it's kind of feels counterintuitive, but once you've done it and maybe I, hopefully I've already kind of explained it, explain it fully, you, you'll understand. So um, one of the biggest things that I learned, and I use this for my sister when she sprained her knee skiing and it helped is uh, floss bands. So getting some floss bands, basically they're like a heavy duty resistance band. That's not a loop. And, and, and so it's rolled up to a little bundle and you can do just, you can do this for soreness. I mean, and this isn't just for injury. You can do this on your muscles for soreness on your legs. I did it on my knees, my calves, things like that. But basically, so, cause when you wake up, it's swollen right? It's a brick. You can't flex it either way. Planter or Dorsey can't point your toes. You can't pull your toes. You can't roll it really. And it hurts. 
And so what you do is you grab this floss band and think of an ankle taping. And that's basically what you do with this floss band, right? It's stretchy, but you do it really tight around your bare foot. So you, you flex your foot, try and have your foot at a 90 degree. You don't want to have your toe pointed. Have it at a 90 degree. And you start midway on your foot on the, ar- on the underside or top side, whatever. And you start wrapping. And you wrap up to your heel and then up your ankle. And you want it to basically look like an ankle taping. Maybe not go quite as high but but go kind of to the base of your calf cover that whole ankle and, and be tight right and it'll be tight and especially if it's a fresh sprain it will hurt because things will be sensitive to the touch but you do that you wrap it for one for at least two minutes two to three minutes really my marker is once my whole foot goes numb and my toes turn purple because you're like hold on like too tight as in yeah yeah you should wrap it too tight you want it to be comfortable you want it to wrap it really tight and what this does, this compression, then you want good compression. The compression works out all that stagnant fluid, and then, and then as soon as you unwrap it, you'll feel like a blood rush to it, and a that feels good numb itself. But then you're getting fresh blood to that area. Any muscles that were, that were maybe balled up or bundled up or any part of that ankle is now kind of put back into proper place, and you will just from that you will immediately feel better and it and you will be able to move it you can work it around so the next thing and then is usually i go into the abcs and then you take um and you can do some ankle rolls as well both ways um then i take a band and i sit and you know you can have your foot straight out in front of you or you could just be sitting on the couch but you know really because it's all about the ankle flexion here but you grab the band and put it around the uh, under your foot and pull it towards you so it's got resistance and you do um, you do three way um, ankle flexion so you go left you go out you go eversion um, straight down the middle and then a little bit of inversion uh, actually is that what I do it's been a while since I sprained my ankle so it's a good thing hold on let me think okay now so when you're doing that you just push straight down like you're pushing the gas pedal over the brake do I don't know it depends on where you're at in the recovery and how how sensitive your ankle is, but doing, you know, 15 to 20 at first and working up to 30 to trying to do, you know, maybe 50 a day. You do a set of 25 in the morning, set of 25 in the evening. Do that. And then if you can, it helps to be able to, like, wrap it around like a, a, a table leg and then put it on the – put it put it so it wraps around the inside of your um, of your ankle and, like, trying to – invert your ankle like how you rolled it and then doing the opposite of that putting around your foot and then everting your ankle so basically working it in all directions with resistance and doing that and then going barefoot and walking best you can slowly going heel toe being very intentional and only putting as much weight as you comfortably can but walking and doing that Um, other things that you can do if you have kinesio balls or a tennis ball you can place them around your malleolus those are the bony um uh protrusions on the inside and the outside you have your medial and your lateral malleolus but putting them kind of on the top outside of your ankle where your foot meets your shin and then like crossing your leg and just resting and and putting whatever weight you're comfortable in into the tennis ball that's another way to do targeted kind of compression what the floss band does where it wraps it around does things like that so um 
This is probably boring a lot of people talking about ankle sprains, so I should maybe get back to the main point. So that's kind of some of the specifics that I do, but I would do that twice a day, work it out, and obviously put Biofreeze, Tiger Balm on it, especially if I'm going to go walking around or something. Brace it up, obviously, because it needs that extra support. But doing those exercises and then doing stretches, like your basic calf stretches, standing at the wall, pushing your foot back, and then putting your foot, your heel on the floor and your toe on the wall and pushing into it, stretching that. There's several different stretches. Another thing you can do, if you, if you aren't on a level where you can use a resistance band, you can cross your leg over your knee and just hold the base of your shin with one hand and grab your toe and the ball of your foot and just do some rolls and really try and work out that range of motion. And it'll hurt and there'll be pain. And you have to figure out how to judge that pain, like what's too much, what's aggravating versus what's just working out and getting that range of motion. But basically doing that instead of lying around, not using it, trying to ignore it and let it get better on its own, but having an active part in your recovery is what I found is by far the best method to A, keep you functional, B, get you back to fully functioning form and will set you up because you're strengthening all these muscles, will set you up to for further injury prevention. So I'm doing the Athletic Truth Group, the Knees Over Toes guy. He does that, but basically with knees, and it's he, he basically had shot knees by the time he was 20 and now he's 30 and he can dunk and he's more explosive than he ever was naturally athletically. So I'm trying that. Go check it out for yourself though. It's my first week. And uh, he's not a sponsor or anything, but I heard him on Joe Rogan. Go listen to him on Joe Rogan, Ben Patrick. Really get the full story for yourself. I listened to it and I was like, holy crap. I was like, even if I don't maybe do the full program, like he has a lot of stuff on Instagram and YouTube for free that I think um, that you, that it's just like, oh, just go give it a try. But uh, I know I always heard as a kinesiology major, never let your knees go over your toes. And like his whole philosophy is literally knees over toes. And, um, the proof is in his pudding. Like he's, and I would say the proof is in my pudding with my ankles. Yeah, my ankles don't have great flexion all the time. There's scar tissue, and I'll probably have arthritis, but I'd say they are still pretty fully functional considering all the gnarly sprains I've had on them. So that's my spiel on active recovery. And I think that applies to most everything. You, you hurt something, you strain something, is to gently and smartly work it out and. Um, and massage. I mean, everyone has a Theragun now, or as my parents call it, the thumper. <laughs> get the thumper. They're like, Hey, where's the thumper? Hey, I, I need the thumper. Did you it's just like, I remember the first time I heard that they're like, Hey, yeah, go grab the thumper. And I was like, the, the what? And they're like, yeah. I was like, Oh, the massage gun. And they're like, yeah, we call it the thumper. <laughs> All right, cool. So yeah, the thumper, but let's move on to stuff that I actually wanted to talk about. You know, we kind of rode the lightning on that one and got, way um way into the weeds on a tangent there so this uh i guess we'll lead off with talking about <laughs> we'll talk about some christianese for this this one's this one's for the christian community and the homeschoolers out there as the babylon b would say we were listening to I, we had it on some radio station and i heard this phrase and like you know what i mean when i say christianese right it's those classic christian let the lord lead that's one of my favorite ones to use you know pray about it if you felt so you know if you felt led to do this all the there's all the christianese phrases and they some of you know they're good but it's also fun to make fun of them sometimes this one though this one though made me feel very uncomfortable and i'm and also, it doesn't make sense very much, and I don't know how to feel about it, but you'll just have to tell me what you think. So we were listening to the radio, and she was talking about some some story or something, and she 
all of a sudden I'm listening and she's like, you know, I just want to remind people that God wants to speak all over you. And I was like, I paused and I was like, wait, excuse me. What did you just say? What does God want to do to me? I mean, I love the Lord, but what? <laughs> and I ran that back a couple times. I was like, God just wants to speak all over you. And I was like, I don't, I feel uncomfortable. Um, I, I need an adult and like, that's, I, I don't like it personally, uh, for several reasons, not just the fact it makes me uncomfortable and that it's a weird and a little bit awkward. And you might be saying, get your mind out of the gutter, you heathen. And it's like, I don't even feel like I'm, my mind's in the gutter. It's just one of those, you know, a lot of people don't like the word nipple or moist or supple. So if you're one of those people, you're welcome. You just got that ear poison. Uh, and it's not even necessarily that I think my mind's in the gutter so much, but it's just, it's just like, what is, I don't, do I need to, I do, I, I almost felt like, okay, maybe I, do I need to be like dressed up? It's like, can I go change real quick? Get put on some pants and some proper shoes and you know, maybe a clean shirt. Like, I don't know. Is this, is this an official thing? What are we doing here? What is speaking all over? Is this like going into the Holy of Holies in ancient Israel? What are we doing? Either way, I don't like it. Heresy jar for her. Another, I'm just grifting. I'm a grifter. If you listen to Babylon B, you know, it's, they have a heresy jar. It's funny. I don't want to be a grifter. I got to come up with my own content. It's just too dang funny. And people, people are so clever. And then I'm like, well, that's just great. Right. Uh, but yeah, how's that Christianese phrase for you? I'm going to rank it as possibly the worst I've ever heard. What are some of your favorite Christianese uh, phrases that, or cliches that come up that you've heard or have used or have, you know, what, what, what Christianese has been spoken all over you that you just don't enjoy or that you think is hilarious and maybe you do enjoy. Just tell me some of your favorites or, or a good story about some Christianese that was spoken all, all, all over you and just left you covered in whatever weird, um, weird alliteration, illusion, whatever metaphor that you were just like, I don't know, actually, I'm not, I'm not real sure. And God just wants to speak all over. I mean, the sentiment is there, right? Like God wants to speak into your life and wants to, wants to be there and, and really just like speak to you, speak through you, speak really all over you. And I just have this image of like, I don't know, like Gatorade bucket, like <laughs> that's, that'd be a great meme. The, you know, they're doing the gate, they're dumping the Gatorade bucket on the coach and it's just like, and you put, you know, God <laughs> speaking and in the Gatorade and it's like the players are, are, are God. Wow. There's a heresy. There's a lot of heresy here. And then you're the coach and it's just like God speaking all over you. And you're like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Oh, uh, that one, it made me feel so weird. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, can he just talk to me and, and speak through me? That's, that's a better Christianese, right? I'm, I don't, I don't like, I don't know whatever version. Can we strike that from the record, please? I hope her bosses and producers, the radio station were like, Hey, so we got a lot of complaints about, some about God speaking all over people. And we're not sure that we can condone that because see here in Galatians five, Colossians four, second Timothy. And then even back in, even back in Habakkuk is look, there, there are clear biblical doctrinal theological issues 
with God speaking all over you. Okay. That's just, it's just inappropriate for all ages and we're just not going to do that anymore. So no, <laughs> obviously kidding, but yeah. So God wants, just remember God wants to speak all over you. He doesn't want to just speak to you and through you. He wants to speak all over you. So now that you're good and uncomfortable, let's uh, jump into some more fun subjects, right? So send in all your Christianese, um, your fun Christianese stories. I'm sure I have some, but I just can't think of them right now. Outside of that one, uh, my note literally says, uh, God just wants to speak all over you. And my, my, my follow-up was, can I change shirts first? <laughs> oh, okay. So something else that I have looked into zero, but I saw in the store and I'm wildly intrigued by it was called Liquid Death. I saw this at Sam's. It's called Liquid Death. And I said, what is that? So first of all, good marketing, right? Real shock factor. Liquid Death. What is that? We go over and look at it, and it says, murder your thirst. And it is mountain canned mountain water. So I think it's just water, but they're called Liquid Death. And I was just confused, baffled, and intrigued all at the same time. And was just like, okay, so this is good mountain water, but like, why are you canning? I don't know. I don't know why people do things in cans. Here we go. And also, it was like a 24-pack, so I didn't buy any. I'd rather just find a single at the store. It almost, it really looks like a beer. Like, I just went to, I'm at their site. And on the front page, there's a bunch of clips with it. And there's just one little girl, someone shotgunning it. And then this, like, little four-year-old drinking it. It looks like a beer can, first of all. So, like, it's one of those situations where if I saw a child about to drink it, I would go and slap it out of their hands and be like, No! You don't want to drink this beer? And it's just water. And they said, that's their tagline here on the front page. It's just water. Don't don't be scared. It's just water. Sell your soul. So this must have been started by like a metal band or metal heads who live in the mountains. And I am, I think I'm all about it. Yeah. So selling your soul to join the club gets you one free liquid death tea with your first water order. Exclusive access to club only merchandise. They have a club. It's a club. It's like a biker gang for canned water. I love it. Early access to limited edition edition merch. Early access to limited edition merchandise before we announce to the public. Invites to private shows and events. Here we go. All kinds of other cool beep we can't tell you about yet. Huh. Sell my soul. Pay cash instead. This is the it's called the Liquid Death Country Club. That is this is this is wild. They have merch. All right, I'm going to shop water here, okay? And I'll put a link to their site below. You can go look at it for yourself and we can go down this. I think I'm going to go get go see if I can find a can. I hope they sell them like at a Walmart or a gas station so I can go buy a single one cuz I don't want to buy a 12 pack even though it's not much. So, okay. They have still or sparkling they have, oh, mango chainsaw, severed lime, and berry, it's B-E-R-R-Y, it alive. So you have, and those are all flavored sparkling water with real agave nectar. Are they, and I guess they're just slightly different flavors. And so here's, here's a fun thing. So after talking about Christianese, let's, let's, let's go borderline Satanist for this mountain water. Oh, uh, it, it, it feels that way, but it, I really don't think it is. It's just, I think this is, this is just... This is the dream, right? Be like, oh, we got this great mountain water. How should we brand it? You know, that's all. Oh, you know, we got smart water, Avion, Fiji, all that stuff. It's like, how about we call it liquid death? Because, I mean, it's factual. Water can kill you. Too much water, drowning and drinking too much water. 
I mean, it, you can be over hyperhydrated instead of dehydrated, and that's a thing. So, anyways, when it shows you, that's that's the five different types of liquid death that they sell. I uh, hmm, I wonder if they have a variety pack that I can get, or I'll just go buy singles. I don't know. I don't want to spend a bunch of money because I'm trying to make a merch store, and so I'm doing a bunch of stuff. But uh, if you want me to try liquid death, test it out, give you the review. I think I can do that definitely next episode. I'm intrigued. I just saw it at the store. I was like, what's going on? If you've heard of it, if you've had it, I want to hear about your experience. Tell me all about it. I want to know more about this. But it's funny. Instead of buy now or add to cart, uh, the button says hell yes. So they're really leaning into this. I'm, I think it's a biker gang type thing, but for water. And this is, this is so incredible. Do they have a, our story? They have a time waster 5,000. Buy on Amazon Prime? Oh, snap seven oh they have them at 7-eleven perfect whole foods has them interesting okay so let's let's see about this you know it's 100 percent mountain water from the alps oh snap water made by nature not in a lab here we go infinitely recyclable plastic bottles are not so they're talking about the fact that cans are so that's why they went with the can interesting 8.1 ph um so it has Two times more electrolytes than Essentia, Smart Water, Life Water, Core, and Aquafina. Limited edition artwork on bottom of each case. This is so interesting. I'm going to see what the closest store is to me. I'm so intrigued by this, right? Oh, no. The Circle K down the store has got... So does the 7-Eleven. Let's go. Is that a 7-Eleven? Oh, that's my 7-Eleven. I'm going to go get some right after this. And... Sadly, you'll have to wait a whole episode. You'll have to wait a few days. I have to wait five minutes. Well, I might wait a few days, or I might record it way ahead of time, like I'm doing now. So, Liquid Death. Yeah, I saw it. It intrigued the heck out of me, and I was like, let's freaking go, man. About. There's the about section. Oh, interesting artwork. Okay. We're just a funny water company who hates corporate marketing as much as you do. Amen. Our evil mission is to make people laugh and get more of them to drink more water more often all while helping to kill plastic pollution. But enough about us and our boring marketing story. Tell us about you. That is their entire About Us section. I'm in. I'm all in. I'm going to... If it's a... Oh, man, I don't know if it's affordable. Well, hmm, I want to get this over. But Sam's, you can get a 45-pack for like 4 bucks, And I'm pretty sure theirs is like a 12-pack 12 12 of Tall Boys for like 13 or 14 bucks. I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm at least going to try it, and I definitely support these guys. Heck yeah. So, Time Waster 5000. Watch every dumb thing we've ever made. Oh, this is fun. They have Wiz Khalifa, the Vegan Cannibal Steakhouse. Oh my gosh. This is great. This is great. Wow, they've done a lot killer baby namer okay so you can it'll come up with crazy metal names for your baby so i'm gonna do one of these killer baby namers um olsen gender um we're gonna go boy (laughs) death to gender that's funny desired occupation first one is rodeo clown yep i'm all in on that that's something that i would like to do yeah baby let's go what do we got what do we got all right slither crushmeister olsen that is my killer baby name. Upload your own sonogram. Amazing. 
So forget going and reading all those books and discussion, discussing with your spouse. You just each go to the site, you fill it out, and then you'll get two names and you decide from there which one's better. Boom. Don't ever have to think about your kid's name ever again. Thank you, Liquid Death, for solving that problem. All right, this was way more interesting than I ever thought it would be. This is incredible. So, all right, but we're going to move on now to some funny stories, like the fact that the joke that Joe Biden is only ever getting ice cream is actually more of a reality than we hoped it would be. Because if you missed it, so this would have been earlier this week, Saki was, Jen Saki was asked about him and like, hey, like, what's the schedule like today? What's he up to? What's he, what's he doing? And she's like, oh, he's, he's, you know, locked down in a bunch of meetings all day. And then that afternoon he was spotted going to a boutique and then going to, you guessed it, an ice cream shop and then calling a lid at 3.06 PM because bedtime was only an hour and a half around the corner. He had to start getting ready for bed, had to get his bath, had to, you know, he, he had to clean his dentures. He had to He had to play his games, whatever they are, his little brain games that help him diminish his dementia. So, yeah, this was a real thing. Um, So that is that is wild. Yeah, let me let me pull it up here. I'm sure. um, Oh, my gosh, there's so many stories. So if you didn't hear about that link in the description. uh, Because it is something else. Oh, gosh, there's so much news. Nope, 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 nope. Okay. Wow, it's not showing up, right? I mean, at first it started off with her telling us after a bad week and bad reports to say, go have a margarita and take a kickboxing class. Go blow off some steam. And it's like, excuse me, lady, I don't think you... Out of touch. Out of touch. And... Then it was this, and I was just, I saw this, and honestly, I was like, are you, are you serious? Is this a real life story? Because it's, like, it's one thing to, I thought the jokes are always funny, you know, where it's like, oh, the media is being, um, that all they care about is what, you know, what flavor of ice cream did you get, Mr. Biden, and all that. And then it actually happened, and I was just like, oh my gosh, it was the greatest, man, I miss the mean tweets so much, being, we're being honest, because this is, it's beyond comical at this point. It's one of those things where it's like truth is stranger than fiction or things are funny because they are true and there's some there's some real truth to them. This is one of those things. Literally, I don't know, there are so many things going on, you know, issues that need to be addressed. Now, the hypocritical thing to point out is uh, flip it on its head and there were times too where, you know, Trump was spotted golfing and people were like, why is he golfing when the country is in need of this or that? And the media, you know, kind of crucified him over that. Man, you don't really hear peep about this at all. Nope, doesn't matter. Because, uh, yeah, I, I mean, my theory is, first of all, my prediction was six months, and after six months in office, they were going to invoke 25th Amendment, not capable, not fit for office. We were going to have our new dictator, I mean, president, Kamala Harris, come in, the first Indian Jamaican president, and woman president so checks all the boxes and that and that hasn't happened so i lost that bet but i still don't think it's going to go full term i don't think it's going to go full years the fact that anyone even talks about 
um, running for re-election. First of all, it's laughable that how by how bad the first year has gone. If <laughs> there's no way he even comes close to winning re-election, um, it really doesn't matter who's on the like. It would have to be the it would have to be Hillary, the rights version of Hillary Clinton on the other side, um, for for him to really for for that to really be it. So, but. And in my personal opinion, there we go. Hardly working. Biden gets ice cream press covers every second. Uh, first line in this being a White House correspondent can be real thrilling. So it's like this dude. I mean, if you watch him, he stumbles and stammers and he's seemingly testy. And it's just like I, I love how you can talk, how you can see the blatant media bias when it comes to. When it comes to whether it's right, you know, who's president, whether they're right or left, really, because he, he doesn't kid gloves don't even mean to describe it. And like Trump would sneeze and not wipe his nose and be ridiculed like he slipped on that one ramp that was slippery and wet one. And they started talking about competency. This guy makes flood ups like says one billion people have received the vaccine or three hundred and thirty million vaccines have been administered and. He just botches things, completely gaffs. Basically, he'll go and talk, and then he, it's the equivalent of like he goes and spills kerosene and starts a fire, and then all his White House team has to come and and cl- try and clean it all up and backtrack it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not going to say that it's only one way, but it is skewed in one direction because, you know, Trump got railed for going and playing golf and yeah, sure. And maybe there, I, there's some, I don't even remember the specifics around the stories cause there was a couple different ones, but I mean like absolutely eviscerated and roasted. I mean, not even feet to the fire thrown into the fire type situation by the media. Biden just goes and gets ice cream and goes to a boutique and really doesn't do anything at all. And calls it a day at three o'clock and nobody bats an eye. Everyone's like, Oh yeah, he's just the president. He can't be bothered. He needs his downtime. You know, president is a very, very important, stressful, busy job. And so he needs, he needs a little bit of downtime. Okay. And that's, that's all this is right here. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is funny. So this is the full transcript of, uh, of, of like what happened of people following him and how interesting and invigorating this was of this reporter who got this. So, uh, motorcade is rolling. POTUS spotted walking from oval to motorcade, blah, blah, blah. Red folder wearing a suit. He arrived at Honeymaid, a small business. Um, drive was uneventful. Motorcade traveled at low key pace, albeit running red lights. That's funny. He is the president though. Then POTUS entered small shop. Just for 2 p.m., chatted with a woman and mentioned Granska. They talked. And. Okay. And he bought his wife a a necklace. Oh, gosh. Bought a Kamala Harris mug. Oh, boy. And we go on, we go on. Okay, so then they're asking him questions and he's talking about 
basically, you know, how Russia's on the verge of invading Ukraine and he's going to a boutique and getting ice cream, right? Next stop, Jen, Jenny's ice cream. He enters at 2.20. Then he gets his ice cream. <laughs> Jeez. Two scoops of chocolate. Oh, my gosh. Wow, this is incredible. That is something else. Now, I'll see if I'll also see if I can link to the article where Saki has to talk. She she stumbles over her words and basically is like, oh, I have to, uh, he, you know, has these meetings. And then in this afternoon, he's in intelligent reports. And it's like, actually, he's at a boutique getting ice cream. Basically, you guys are like, all right, just go, don't go, just go have fun. Here's your coloring book. Go, don't cause a ruckus and we'll handle everything. Because in all honesty, I don't think he's doing jack squat diddly. And clear, that's clear when he, when he reads things that, that aren't supposed to be read, you know, call on so-and-so end of, end of speech type things. Take questions from reporters. He's reading things in brackets on the teleprompter where he goes, Oh, they gave me a list of people to call on specific, you know, pre-vetted questions. It's just the most, it's the quiet part out loud. It's hilarious because he tells us the quiet part out loud. We're like, Oh, we think he's pre-selecting reporters. He's like, they gave me a list and I'm not supposed to call on you. I'm not supposed to answer this question or that question. It's like, you're the president. I get it's one thing to have it like advisors. It's another thing for for them to be like, all right, do this, don't do this. And you're like, okay, okay, I can't do that. It's like, all right, now, Joe, we can't do this. It, it, look, if you if you take questions from these people or you answer, try and offer answers to any of these three questions, you won't get ice cream. You won't, We won't go out for ice cream tomorrow. It's okay, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And then, yeah, that's what happens. And then his non-answers where he's just like, come on, man. He's just like, what? It's the funniest thing because usually politicians are pretty good, especially politicians that have been politicians for almost 50 years and are pretty good at like deflecting and, you know, giving non-answers. And we all kind of know what that's like, right? It's like the sideline reporting on for sports, which I honestly hate more and more the older I get. I'm like, this is just annoying and pointless. And if I was working in sports, I'm like, you could be the sideline reporter. I'd be like, crap, I get to go ask stupid questions. I would try and interject weird questions, probably end up getting suspended or fired or just move positions because I would try and ask, I don't know, better questions. But it's also on the part of, you know, it's funny. They all ask different questions, but they all get really the same answer. And so you would expect that, right? But from somebody who's in mental decline, we clearly see that no, he just gets angry and just like, no, no, what are you crazy? Don't you hear what I said? I never said that. Now that's my favorite is saying, I never said that when it's like, we have every single thing recorded on video transcript. And it's uh, why anyone, any politician would really take that stance unless they, unless, you know, this completely unfounded, some anonymous source. And it's like, it's, he said, she said, but in general being like, I never said that it's one, it's one thing to be like, Oh, that's not quite the context or you didn't get the full quote, but to just outright, I don't know why anyone would do that. If I ever end up in politics, you won't find me being like, I, well, (laughs) I never say never. Right. You won't find me. Shouldn't find me saying, I absolutely never said that. And then immediately clip goes viral of me saying what I just denied. I said, that's bad politics, but it, it, still works and those people still get elected. So my bigger point being, and this is a recent revelation I've had that I think once you are over the age of the life expectancy, so for a man or for a woman, we'll, I'll pull that up real quick. Um, life expectancy in the United States. But once you're over life expectancy age, I believe you should be excluded from running for office. You might say, because I think personally, we have 
We have a problem with career politicians and people being politicians into their 80s. They're getting older. Nancy Pelosi's 81. Dr. Fauci's like 81. Biden's, what, 78. Like, they're all too old. Let's get people in their 50s that can function a little bit that aren't <laughs> geriatric, senile, that aren't, you know, oh, will he get dementia? And I mean, I'm not saying there couldn't be someone, you know, at 75 or 80 years old who, who'd be great, but for the most part, yeah, they can't. So... All right, fast stats, CDC, here we go. Our average life expectancy is 77. So I guess it doesn't go by gender or sex here. Um, so it's just 77. I, I, I know it's usually different for men and women, but let's see, sex. Let's see if it delineates by that. If I Okay, maybe not. But... My general theory has become, because I think we have a problem right now of, A, career politicians should not be a thing, personally. I think politicians should be a civil service, and yes, you could do it for a few terms, but you should, A, have a business and a life outside of that. You should not be, I don't know, like our president, since I've been railing on him, might as well keep doing it, and you know, at the age of 29, just go into public office and be in public office for the rest of your life. And what'd you do? Oh, I was a civil servant. No, 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 no. You were, you were a civil mooch, a civil leech. You you lived off the taxpayer, and you you know lived for the taxpayer. You know you didn't. No, no, no. You lived for yourself and found a good way to make a good living. And um, there's you know we're seeing lots of stuff on. Okay, this site isn't working at all. Well, so seventy-seven. We'll just go with that then, right? <clears throat> And, and so I think, I think there should be some sort of term limits. I don't have a good answer for it yet because I do think there is something to, okay, you know, you know, this is, you know, because I think there's a problem with, oh, we got to ramp up and start thinking about reelection so we can get done what we want to get done. And it's like, actually, if you, if you had, you know, if, if, if your life expectancy in quotes for, uh, your civil service also in quotes, was, you know, a certain was two terms, three terms, or a set number of years, or what have you, then at some point, you wouldn't have to worry about re-election, and you could get things done. Not, the, not, not saying that that would fix it, and they would get things done, but it would at least be on the table more, and more incentivized. Right now, what you have is perpetual, in a lot of ways, especially if you're like reps, because they're only two years, are, it's perpetual, you're in a state of perpetually campaigning, and that's not what I want. I mean, campaigning is a part of it. But I would prefer you to work on getting things done and be like, okay, see what I got done. Or, see, hey, we're in the process of doing this. You see, you know, I did steps A, B, and I want to do steps C, D now. But instead, it's just empty promises and pandering and people get, getting people fired up and emotional. Because, I mean, that's, at the end of the day, I think that's the game and how it's played. But I think there should be term limits, and I think there should be an age limit. We have minimum ages. To be a senator is 30. President is 35. Um, you can be a rep before you're 30. I think it's like 25, though, you know, because you got to be old enough. Well, how about being too old, right? How about how about if you are 77 or older, which I honestly think is maybe a little bit old, but let's just, it's a life expectancy because here's how I break it down. I tweeted this too yesterday. Life expectancy is 77. So once you hit that, you're playing, you're living on house money or borrowed time isn't the right term. It's what I use on thing on Twitter, but borrowed time in the sense you, that's house money now. You've, you've beat the odds because life, average life expectancy is 77. So if you get past 77, you've now exceeded 
you you are above average and you know say that's a 75 that's a c right you are now oh you're a b you're an a right you're in your 80s you're getting 90s wow it's actually correlating very well with letter grades that's kind of weird but you you you're on house money and so at that point i think you should not be trying to i don't know be a federal <laughs> you know, be, be in Cong, be a congressman. I think exceptions could be made for judges, lifelong appointees. I think their job is very different and they're not elected officials, um, at least on the federal level. But as far as being like a congressperson or, you know, being, being a, being a rep, being a Senator, being president, being something like that. Absolutely not. No, no, no. You should be forcibly retired and, or that's, you hit retirement age, you retired, you kicked out, booted. And you're gone, right? And I, there's a discussion to be had, you know, ins and outs about like, well, what if they're 76 and blah, blah, and it's only a house. And so they'll be 78, you know, they'll, they'll surpass 78 while in office. I think that's fine, but it shouldn't be one of like, if you're going to be 77 in the election year, or let's say within a year of, of the election. So say like election is November of this year. And then you turn in March, 2023, you turn 77 Nah, you out. N- now, could be differences for um, House of Representatives and Senators because Senators are six-year terms. Reps are two. So it's like, uh, I don't know. I don't really care about getting all the diesels. But in general, I think once you pass life expectancy, out. Gone. Bye. See ya. No moss. And you shouldn't be. So like Nancy Pelosi, who just announced that she's running again. Oh, that's not her voice. It's Fauci. She's I'm, I'm running again for the, for the children. Uh, and it's like, you are basically a toddler now. I know you wear diapers. You have to, if not, you are on the verge of going back to diapers because it's funny, right? How life works. You start in diapers, you end in diapers type situation. You start a babbling fool who can't, you know, who doesn't have a lot of body control, isn't real coordinated. And that's how you end too. It's just the nature of how life goes, but it's just funny to me. It's like, uh, just how it works. Right. But for the children and 81, she's going to run again. Now, no, she's like, actually, that's not allowed. Sorry. You're done. Go retire and enjoy your house money. Go spend time with your family. Go take vacations. Because honestly, let's, let's be real. At this point, all these people have more than enough money to do that. And they have more than enough connections where they don't need to be in this position. It's it's a classic, I'm in power. I want the power. I want to keep the power. You like being important. You like doing that. It's it's more of a status thing. And it's a, it's a hunger for power, really, at the end of the day. And so... That, and that's what they're looking to do. So my proposal, my modest proposal is that A, if we're going to have minimum ages, which I think is reasonable up until 18 at least, and then having a discussion, if we're going to have minimum ages, oh, not until you're 35 to be the president. Okay, that's fine. Well, when you're, if you want to keep it round numbers, 75, done. Public. Now, if you want to talk about state public office, maybe. Like, look, and not to be a hypocrite, like Jim Inhofe in Oklahoma, who's freaking, he's like 80, and he's been there for 30 I don't know. I don't know how long, like 35 years. No, get him out. I don't want him. I don't want him that old. I don't want you to be that. Go in, serve one, two terms, get out and, and, and be, and be done with it. Right. I think presidents eight years, let's say house reps, eight years, that's three terms. That's a decade. That's more than enough time to get something done. Senator is six years. So you could argue that just one term, but I would say two terms. So 12 years. And so Senator would be the longest tenured um, elected official, at least as far as Congress and the executive branch goes, right? Two terms, you're good to go. 12 years, you got in, you can go back to your life, your business, or 
your retirement, you old fart, and be done with it. And then we won't have all these decrepit old people who are out of touch, pandering power maniacs, not not trying to run, not running our country straight into the ground, right? It's almost like, in, in some ways, it's almost like if you let these same people, if you went to go on an afternoon drive or take a trip to some local lake, you know, go drive an hour or whatever, we're going to go to this nice little lake or have a picnic or whatever. And, you know, there's, there's, um, let's say, let's say you and, and your siblings, you're all adults here, right? But let's say it's you and your parents. And so your parents are in their 50s or 60s. You're in their, you're, you're between 25 and 40. And then maybe you even have two small children, right? And you're all getting in the same car. And so you've got, let's say four or five people who can drive and know how to get there. And then you've got your 81, not super great at getting around, um, still functioning fully and, and fine, but you know, weaker and reaction time's not as good. Obviously just as we all get older, uh, grandma, who's like, Oh, I'll drive. And you're like, and, and you're just like, okay, cool. Sounds great. And maybe that's the case. I know I rode with my grandpa when he was in his eighties, eight hours to Angel Fire, New Mexico. But you know, we all have those people with my wife's grandpa who's 80 and like can hike 10 miles still and, and just gets around really just like normal. You would not think he's 80. There are those people. Those are not the people I'm talking about. I'm talking about look at the people who are super old and in office and how they're functioning, that type of grandparent. And what would you be like, actually, grandma, that's okay. You relax. You've been on this earth for 80 years. You raised mom and dad and you've had to be a grandparent. Now you're a great grandparent. You've done enough, either good or bad, right? You've done enough. You can sit up front where you have the most room. You've got the heated seats. You can pick the music, but one of us younger people who's, who's, We'll, we'll, we'll drive, right? My parents, 50s, 60s, fine. Or, you know, 25 to 40. One of them will drive. One of the young bucks, young spry bucks. And I'm not sitting here saying we need just a bunch of youngins in there because I think young people, myself included, are short-sighted and idiotic because when we're young and we're single, we don't have anything to lose. Our perspective is totally different. So there's a sweet spot. Don't get me wrong. Where you've had a career, you've, you maybe have a family, and, you, and you've really gained good perspective. And that's not what I'm advocating for. But I'm not saying there's also that threshold where you pass through and it's like, all right, look, you got to chill out. You know, I think we've all maybe had a situation or known somebody's had the situation where it's like, we got to take the car from grandpa. We got to, he's my grandpa. I remember he went and he went 20 miles outside of town. He got lost, picked up by the sheriff and he was confused, frustrated and angry. He had dementia, Alzheimer's. And we were like taking the car and he was pissed about that, of course, and confused. And it was, it was a big deal, but it's like, you have to do it. We need to take the keys Take the car from these old, decrepit politicians who are like Anthony Fauci, who's the highest paid federal employee. Like he gets more money than the president and has a huge retirement plan. So why is he still there? Retire already. And look, I'm not one to sit here and try and be like, I think everyone should retire at 65 and live a good life. Like, I am a firm believer and I think you should be working or doing something until you die because, I mean, that's what my grandpa did. And I think a lot of times once people stop, like they've been going, 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 going 40 years and they stop and they get real sedentary, their body quits on it. And I think we've all seen it, right? They go through and it's like this... uh, you know, you see someone who's maybe they hit 65 or hit 66 and they retire and they're like spry and they're getting around and they're doing good. And then within 
five years. They're in a walker. They can barely get around. They're weak, and they're and, and they're just a shell of their former selves. Like what happened? It's like they stopped moving, and that's not what I'm advocating for. I I just think there are certain things that like you should not. You know, hey, you can't drive anymore, but you can still get around. You can go golfing. We'll take you places. We'll do things for you. Same thing here. Get them out of office. You're done. Okay, 77 hits. You're done. That's my personal opinion. Let me know what you think, though, if you think that's a good method, right? Because really what you can say is, you're supposed to be dead now anyway. It's like, you turn 78 and like, I'm going to run for re-election. It's like, you're supposed to be dead because average life expectancy is 77. So old uh, Grim Reaper over here is late to your party, is, is late to your transition, a weird term I heard recently. Um, <laughs> he transitioned, which... That means something totally different in this day and age. And so it was weird to hear that on a show, heard that on a show, and they were they were referring to death, but I think they were maybe in some weird kooky religion cult thing. But it was just like a transition. And I was like, oh, man to woman, woman to man. And it's like, no, 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 they're dead. And it's like, why didn't you just say that? But yeah, you're supposed to be dead. So get out of office. And you might be saying, well, Mr. Trumper, uh, that means Trump couldn't run. Cool. I'm fine with that standard. And even though I think he's way more spry and he's actually a still fully functioning human being, I still don't think it's good, right? Okay, here we go. Goodness. So Joe Biden will be 81 in 2024. About to turn 82. He will be turning 82. 15 days away. So his birthday is at the end of the year. He will be turning 82. He was 78, right? Trump will be 77. So, hard situation, right? Because, you know, talk about, clearly, I think you know where I stand on this. I voted for the man and fan of the man. But, sorry, bud, your time's up. Should have won that re-election and enjoyed that second term. You're not getting it now. Honestly, it is kind of hard for me to say that. But at the same time, i got to stick to my guns, right? And it, it, and because this is for me, this isn't a partisan issue. This is a this is a we have a government full of decrepit old people in their 80s. Should not be doing this into your 80s. Should you be a consultant or you can do something else, a lobbyist? I don't care. Not public office though. So yeah, by my standard, uh, Trump would be would be out of luck. He would not be able to run for president. Which brings up the question: Okay. So if you are already 77, if what if you was 76? And I'd say, well, if you're under the wire, because uh, isn't there something where it's like if you're, you could run for president when you're 34, as long as you're 35 by inauguration. So as long as you're not 77 before inauguration, we'll institute that rule. Then you can, you can run when you're 76. You can run right on the edge up until that point. And I'm giving you that leash. And yeah, I know you'll be over 77 by the time you're out of your office, but you got in before you were because it is four years. But I like 77. What do you like? What are you curious about? Are you for term limits? What kind of ideas do you have around this? Because I, I'm, I'm being honest here. Like, I really, really, end of the day, like, I'm not left, right, conservative, Democrat, whatever. I, I think this is a general issue that we can all get behind. Like, it's outside of the party politics. But in, in general, just like, let's get the A, career people out, B, old people out and we may never fully accomplish that but we could at least start putting up some fencing and kind of reining it in a little bit what you want to start let's say 80 
80 is a good round number, but I like the life expectancy because I think you're on borrowed time after that. You just need to enjoy your life. You don't need to bother being, but president is all I ever wanted to be. And it's like, well, you should have done that before you were 77. Boom. Yeah, because now you're technically supposed to be dead going off of averages, <laughs> which, yeah. So that's my thoughts on that. Um, wow, that really that really brought us home. I had a couple of other things to say. So now that, um, once again, diving into political talk, which, I don't know, who knows, maybe this is a new format, right? Start with some fun, lighthearted stuff, get into talk some news stuff, and then finish it up. Either way, we like to keep it PDFG if we can. Am I right or am I right? Yeah? I Gosh, it's, it's well, my time here. Oh, man, it's 421. I'm, I gotta go to bed in 10 minutes. I'm on that Biden schedule now, you know? Ice cream at 2 every day, and then, like, back home by 3 getting, you know, getting cleaned up, taking my bubble bath, doing some coloring books, um, you know, making sure to clean my dentures, which I don't have those, so I just brush my teeth, pretend they're dentures, looking forward to that day, um, getting my nice PJs, uh, decide whether I want onesie or two-piece PJs, and, you know, go get, go get in bed by like four so I can be in time for my bedtime story. So that's, uh, yeah, getting on that Biden schedule, which I could almost kind of get behind. It just means I would wake up at midnight and be ready to go and start my day every day because my circadian rhythm, my internal clock is, it's, 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 it's incredible and also terrible at the same time. Eight hours, I'm up. I am up. Four hours, I am up. My, my rhythm is such that I always stay up to 2 a.m. I'll wake up at 6.30. I might feel groggy and horrible, but my body's like, bro, you got to get up. We got to start this engine. And it's like, come on, it's time for get up. This is the time we get up every day. Of course, my of course, my little, my circadian rhythm is as, in, as intense as me. Why wouldn't it be? So, all right, let's end with some fun stories. Uh, things that happen, things that I've learned. We'll, we'll just call them lessons I've learned from being in Colorado and Denver, right? And it's all in this week, right? So that's crazy. Uh, last night leading into this morning, we got a bunch of snow, like six inches. It was cool, right? It's cool. It's like weekly. We just get snow and it's like, oh, this is fun. This is fun, right? Getting snow. Like I've talked about before, you know, you have to be more prepared, right? So you need to go put, we got these cool windshield covers. You want to start your car early because you can, because you might need to scrape or at least brush the snow off. That's the coolest thing. I haven't had to scrape at all. It's all been brushing snow off, really. No scraping. Today would have been a scrape day. So... Uh, but it's like four degrees this morning. It's six thirty, six forty. I'm go- I'm getting up to go to the gym. Go out in my shorts and my my coat, my gloves, and my hat and my boots, uh, because I'm, I just have to put enough on to go out for a couple minutes to start it. Let it run for ten minutes so it's warm when I get in it, and then get everything thawed out. So I go out there, and I mean it's one of those where, like the door, you know, when you you like pull the door handle and you're like, oh, it's like the door is like frozen shut. Well, it has this little. I think it was just really, really cold. But my windshield cover has this little tab that, like, you close in the door. So if there's any wind or anything, it'll keep it um, on the windshield. So I go, and I open the door and do that. And I go close the door, and it kind of doesn't shut all the way. I'm like, that's weird. I was like, ah, I wonder if there's, like, some ice that built up where this was, you know, this was a crack in the weather stripping where that tab was. And so that's what I think it is. I don't think much of it. I'm like, it's kind of weird. And it has these hooks on the mirror, so I take the hooks off. So now it's free and loose. And I, I walked over to the passenger side, hooked it off the mirror, and then walked back over to the driver's side to grab it. And I go and pull it, and it kind of catches. And I, and so I, I kind of 
flap it and give it a little, just a little tug, you know, nothing crazy, thinking it's, oh, it's just kind of, the, the elastic straps is caught on the mirror. Then all of a sudden I hear, quack, whap, and it, uh, for those of you who want that sound again, quack, whap, uh, and I was like, what the, and it was my passenger side windshield wiper that it actually caught, and I think, I postulate it was so cold that, I mean, everything was brittle at this point. And that it, that it just caught just enough and just snapped it right off. Because everything, all that plastic is frozen and so it's become super, super brittle because it's cold. And it just snapped clean. And I was like, oh, I was like, son of a... It went real Tommy boy. Son of a... Oh, holy shnikey! And I was just like, my goodness. I was like, oh my gosh. And these wipers were still good. So I was like, now I got to go figure out a wiper. And also I was like, well, I'm glad I had this on here and there's not frost on here where I need to use my wipers. Because I think we all know what that means. You, know, you don't want that metal scratch across your um, windshield. So I was like, well, good thing there's like, it was a tiny, tiny bit of frost. And I was like, cool, it's not in the way. But I was just like, ugh. I was like, okay, cool. Go open the back door on the driver's side. Throw that thing in there to thaw out and warm up. Go to shut that door. Boom. Doesn't shut all the way. And I'm like, well, that's weird. And I go back to my driver's door. I was like, will this shut now? Boom. Won't. And when I say like it closes and then it immediately bounces back either like a half an inch, depending on how hard I push it, or it just bounces right back open. And I'm going, what in the world is going on? And I'm like, oh, crap. Was it like, was, was there a cable or connection or something that was re- like my windshield wiper really, really cold and really, really brittle? And I just yanked on the handle and snapped it. And now my latch is busted. And now I'm going to have to drive holding my door closed, which I would have taken the other car. But uh, and I'm just, oh, so I start Googling while I'm sitting in there. Fortunately, the truck's kind of warm now, but I'm but the door's open. It's four degrees, or it's cracked at least. And I'm like, crap. So I'm sitting there, and I'm uh, Googling, and they're saying, it could be this, could be that, could be this. And I go, maybe... You know, maybe that tab allowed just enough frost to get inside and cool things down, and this latch is just frozen, and it's just kind of stuck. We're going to let it get warmed up. Well, I step back out, and the back door ends up shutting. And I was like, thank goodness. And so at least just one door now. And I was like, I'm not touching it again, not testing it. And because I want to, I should have, like, locked it. Because I wanted to test it and see if, you know, it shut supposedly, but if I took a turn or something, was it just going to fly open again? Was it actually latched? I was like, I'm just going to buy it. And... I sit there for almost 10 minutes and finally I go and I shut the door and, I'm like, and it closes. I'm, Thank goodness. So my mirrors auto fold when I lock the car. So when I unlock, they fold back out. And of course it's icy. So they get back out. Left one's fine. Right one is staring almost straight back at me. I just see, I was like, man, that's a good looking truck right there. Cause that's all I can see in that mirror <laughs> is my truck. And I'm like, oh, there's probably just some ice. And so it wouldn't quite open all the way. And I was like, what a morning. So my workout was good, though. Workout was good. But it was, I mean, I've I've had vehicles in weather this cold, but I guess it got cold enough that I got right around zero and was just real frosty and frigid. I don't know what, um, but it was just frozen, like everything. My wife said when she got in her car to come home from work, working next shift, that it was... Like, the inside was all frosted, and she had to wipe it down. So I was like, that's... I think it was just one of those special colds, right? That was just extra cold, right? And so, I'm saying right too much. Right? Am I right? Waiting for your affirmation, Dora style. That's right! But, yeah, I that's a thing that can happen. Your door latches can be frozen and not want to latch back into place. So, And I'd even... It had been... I'd done remote start from the dungeon the basement we're staying 
and just fine. And it had been running for almost 10 minutes. And so it was still, it was just that cold, that frozen. So it was, it was crazy though. So if you ever find yourself in this situation, just don't panic. Let it thaw out. Give it like 10 minutes with the car running, defrost on high, all that good stuff. Uh, but yeah, that was a thing that happened and I was just like, goodness, something else I learned too. I saw, I was looking through some news and saw local news and it was like, and it said, uh, snow shoveling rules for Denver. And this is a church we visited two weeks ago. Now too, they also brought this up and talking about, you know, when it snows and you have 24 hours in Jefferson County to, uh, to, to shovel the, the sidewalk in front of your house. And I was like, excuse me. And then I thought about it, I was like, well, I've never lived in a place that has such regular snow. But yeah, there are rules and laws around snow shoveling. No, I didn't read them. This podcast is long enough, and we won't delve into those details. But I, I found out enough. I was like, oh, there are rules and laws, and, and I'm assuming pertaining to, especially the side, you just have to keep the sidewalk clear in your driveway. And so, interesting, right? I just figured that was at your own discretion, right? That everyone should do it, but that wouldn't get a, wouldn't get a freaking citation or ticket, but apparently that's not the case. So yeah, crazy. That, that Denver, Colorado life, that snow, that real winter life. All right. Now onto the gym. I said my workout was good. Minus one thing. And I posted about this on Instagram. So if you've already, if you haven't seen the post, go check it out. I also add it to my story per boat personal. But if you missed the story and you follow me personally, go follow the rambling Viking podcast. Boom. Plug there. And just, I, I posted it just regular to the, I posted it there, which it wasn't a story, so it's permanent. Words are hard. And, yeah, so I'm at the gym, and, you know, we've all seen those, there's always those guys or those people who are tools, who hog equipment or just or don't wipe it out or leave weights everywhere, you know, that sort of thing, leave weights on the sled or whatever. Well, part of this program is lots of sled pulling, sled pushing. And to finish my workout, I didn't have to do this. It wasn't a part of my technical workout I was assigned, but I decided I was feeling good, and I was like, I'm going to do it. It's been almost two hours at the gym today, and it was great. Uh, so I'm a little worried that I'm going to start, that's going to be like the norm, and then eventually what? I'm literally going to spend all morning at the gym, come back at noon, and just be like, yeah, I just worked out for four hours. Um, I don't know if I want to get to that level. Two hours to me is like a good, like that was a long workout, but not overkill. I You get much over two hours, and like you're getting into Lord of the Rings length movie territory where it's like, yeah, no, no, I don't need to be doing that with my workouts. But it was great, though. And so... I'm, I'm pushing the sled. I'm going to do some push sled, and then I'm also going to pull the sled some more. And when I pull the sled, I pull it with no weight because the sled weighs 50 pounds or whatever. And so it's it's good enough for pulling. But for pushing, I was like, I want a little bit of weight on this. And I was like, ah, I'll just throw a 45er on. So anytime I say plate in the story, I'm referring to 45s. So I'll just throw a plate on it. And there's a little rack of weights always next to the track where I push the sled. And I'm like, I'll throw a 45. Look, oh, there's no 45s. There's some 25s, 35. I'm like, crap. And then there's people using most of the equipment right along the track. And so I'm like looking for 45s. And I see this one machine. You know how these machines, they're like the, they're not full-blown machines. But, you know, you put you put the plates on them and you do them and they're still mechanical. So this one would, would be the rows, the seated rows where it's you have E2 handles that are not connected. So they're. Um, they're individual, so you can isolate, and you sit there in your row, and you have different hand positions, right? And you put you put whatever weight you want on the on the posts. Well, you know, sometimes machines have posts for just storing weights, 
to use on that machine and the post for actually when you're using the machine. Well, I looked over and I see a whole stack of 45s and I'm going, ah, oh, someone, someone was using that machine and they, they used a bunch of 45s and they just left them, they put them on the post to storm on that machine. That's where all of my 45s went. And I walk over there and I start to look and I'm like, well, maybe this is on the machine. I was like, I don't know. Haven't seen anyone on this. And, you know, I, I looked over here. It's been a minute at least, a couple minutes. Because that's the other thing. Sometimes you got to give it like a minute, kind of look around, see if anyone's moving around, if there's a water bottle, a hoodie, something, a bag around the machine. There's nothing. So I go and I I start to grab it. And, and then this guy walks over and says, hey, I'm actually using it. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I was like, oh, I thought this was, I didn't think this was in use. I thought this was just being stored. And I was like, oh, whatever. And I got, we both got headphones. And I was like, oh, my bad. So then I walk away. I'm like, well, I'll just throw two 25s on there. It's 50 pounds, five pounds more. It'll work. It's whatever. I'm annoyed. And honestly, it's fine. And I'm not complaining because I didn't get my, my, my 45 plates. I didn't get, I didn't get my plates, you know? No, no, I don't really care. It's convenient, but it, it wasn't a big deal. The gym was, is kind of busy around this time. And so it's to be expected that sometimes, uh, you know, you got to kind of search and hunt for certain weights or make do, or, you know, you can't find any 25s. You use two 10s and a five. Well, then I, so I'm like, well, I get that. And I start pushing. And then I kind of look back over in this area and this dude, uh, he's, I mean, he's a stocky little guy. Like he's, he, he, he is strong and I have no doubt about that, but I also think he's excessive. And then once I realized what was happening, I despise the air he breathed. I was like, you are the problem, my dude. So I was like, oh, I look over and realize, so you're the reason why there are no plates to be found for a five mile radius in exaggeration, obviously, but that's basically what it felt like because you, sir, feel the need to use all of them at the same time. So if you've ever seen it, there's a, there's sometimes there's a, there's a little post on a hinge and you can, you can put one of the 45 pound bars in it and then one end in it and the other end you put weights and you can do standing rows or you can do overhead kind of push up, you know, whatever. And you, and you, you know, throw 45, throw whatever weight on there. So, and he's, I see him doing that, but he just told me he's using the other machine. So I do you know, through my power, wonderful powers of observation, I look at that machine that he told me he was using that I hadn't seen him use. I don't know. At, at one point in time, I don't think he used it for five minutes, but, uh, I, I proceed to count as I'm pushing, coming back down the track. And I go, one, two, three, four. I go, there are 10 plates on the row machine, the seated one, the one that I tried to pull the plate off of. There are five on each side. So that's five per hand. And this dude is just yoink. That is a lot. Okay, that is 450 pounds in total, but per arm, you're looking at 225 per arm, right? And you know how sometimes you can tell people and you see them throw all this weight and then you see the person, you're like, oh, they absolutely could do this. This guy was, he was one of those guys where it's like, I expect him to be like probably doing more weight than me and kind of, kind of throwing it around. I don't expect him to be doing this much weight. Sadly, I never saw him use that machine. Literally never, but I was pushing a sled and so I wasn't always watching, but I go, I go, son of a gun, 10 plates? I was like, okay, well, that explains some of the 45s missing. Then I look over and see that he is also, I think he was doing a circuit of maybe three or four lifts, which is fine, but keep it snappy, especially when it's busy. And one of the common courtesy rules of the gym, right? If I'm doing a circuit, but then all of a sudden there's a line for this one machine, I'm going to try and work out those reps so people, other people can use the machine. Because I, as much as I would love to just 
the gym to be mine and I can use five different machine, popular machines at once over the course of an hour and a half and maybe only touch each machine once every 10 minutes or five minutes because I'm doing a circuit, uh, that's it's not a luxury you have, especially at a busy gym like the one I go to. Well, then I look over and he has a, a bar set up for those standing rows and and then I proceed to count how many plates he has on that bar Dude has seven plates. Seven. So between two machines, he has 17 45-pound plates. So, I mean, look, that's not all the plates in the gym, but that was all the plates in that region of the gym, guaranteed. And homeboy, and I actually did see him doing those little cedar rows with the bar, or not seated, the, the standing rows with the bar, and it was like a full body, like, convulsion type movement, and I was like, yeah, good work you're doing there, because I was like, man, this guy is strong, and I saw him doing it, and I was like, oh, he's that kind of strong, you know, the guys who curl with their whole body, who are virtually doing calf raises, and like, <laughs> they look, they look like a, a wacky inflatable guy you see at the dealership, but really, they're just trying to curl, it's like, hey man, how about you back off on the weight, and actually isolate the muscle, same thing here. So homeboy, so I was like, that explains the lack of plates for a five mile radius. Homeboy had 17 plates between two machines that he wasn't using like back to back supersetting. Wasn't because I pushed this sled. I went up and down five times. So it maybe took me five, 10 minutes and which generally depending on how many sets you're and how hard you're going, like I would say 10 to 15 minutes at a station is usually more than enough. Like if I'm squatting and stuff, you know, maybe more just because you got to take bigger breaks. But this guy had 765 pounds that he was not throwing around well, I would say, but throwing around nonetheless, really what he was doing was depriving fellow gym goers of any 45 pound weights. There were other ones. They were all in use with machines because people were on most of the other machines and they were using one, two, four, four, four plates, which is normal depending on, like, if I use four plates when I'm on the shrug machine, and that's fine. But ten plates and seven plates, you are out of your mind. And to quote one of my favorite shows, that, sir, is why you, specifically he, is canceled stealing more since i'm gonna grift i might as well grift am i right just steal bits the best bits from all these other shows and bring them on to my show and now it's just one big awkward continual reference and me grifting off of ripping off of other shows right but seriously though that's what i want to do but and and the crappy thing is too it wouldn't have been in my best interest to go be like hey you need to stop hogging the plates you know i just sucked it up and went about my way and you might say well you have no right to complain it's like Ah, I, I actually can complain. You have no obligation to listen, my good sir or ma'am, madam. So yeah, that that was that was the gym. Overall, I want to say the workout was great, right? But it was it was a morning before seven thirty. It was a morning, okay. And especially though the seventeen plates thing. So if you have any crazy gym stories, I would love, love, love to hear them. My favorite is when people are using machines in wacky ways, but really. Uh, that's where I'm going to close out this marathon of an episode. Maybe this is my norm again. We just hang around an hour and I like it though. Cause I was able to fl- stream of consciousness. So let me know what you think. If you preferred the little half hour tidbits, but 
I think if I did that, I would have to do five shows a week just to get all the information. I actually got through, I think, all the notes I wanted to get through for today, forcefully. I didn't let myself give up on myself. But yeah, I, uh, I got through everything, so that's good. And yeah, let me know what you think, though, about it. Uh, be on the lookout for merch. Send in if there's types of merch that you want, uh, clear, besides beanies, um, which we, I think I may just petition my service to sell beanies and hopefully that'll work but we'll just have to see see if we can get it maybe we petition them and they'll get beanies and then we can have some rambling viking hanyak beanies but i'm working on the designs now trying to figure out i want to i want to have a decent selection but if you have any thoughts ideas of like oh this would go good on a mug or this would be hilarious um i think i found my font my general coloration surprise surprise it's neon green because we loud over here Hanyaks are loud and proud and stubborn and maybe wrong, but we're going to power through, make the best of it, right? But yeah, that is it for this episode. Uh, any and all thoughts, what do you think about my life expectancy as it relates to holding public office, proposal, term limits, anything and everything? Please send in your thoughts to the Ramley Viking at gmail.com or it's the Ramley Viking podcast on Instagram and Facebook. I post new episodes there, so make sure to follow me there, DM me or email me anything and everything. If you're curious, I'll post links. I'll try and post links to everything to the athletic truth group. Or if you think that my, um, you want to just know more about my shoddy ankles, we can talk more about that. If you enjoyed the 20 minutes of my ankle memoirs, I don't know. We will see if you like these types of episodes better. I think three times a week is a good bar to hit Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can get your three doses of weird in the week in these trying times, you know, with inflation and things kind of being crazy and uh, you know, everything's getting more expensive, but wages aren't growing and the same. And so we're all in this together, but we're all going to try and keep it PDFG, hopefully laugh, but at the same time, maybe have some good thought provoking conversations. You know how it be over here on the Ramley Viking podcast, but I want to thank you all for being a part of the Hanya Accord. If you're new here, welcome to the Hanya Accord. Get ready, get your wallet ready to buy some merch, which by the way, I'm not going to be one of those merch people who I'm out here just trying to make money off you guys. I genuinely just want, A, I really just want merch for myself. And primarily what I'm looking at doing is stickers, low cost um, and also low profit margins. And yeah, fortunately, I can set my own profit margins and I will be open and honest with what I decide those to be. I'll just have to see how different prices pan out. And uh, I may go over, who knows, once I get it figured out, I may go over some of the crazy options or, or attach a list, make a list of all the options. So you guys can give your input, maybe vote on, hey, these are things that we want to see. I mean, I could, I could get you a blanket that is covered in hanyaks. And literally the word hanyak or a mug that just says hanyak across it or ride the lightning. I mean, I could get you a set of coasters. They make, I could get you wall art prints. You could get hanyak in giant letters on a metal print in your house. And I know that would be the perfect decor piece to really tie the room together, really bring out your personality and your home decor. And I mean, just revolutionize the game. You're going to be the talk of the block. Everyone's going to be, be like, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? And boom, drive it in. So really, really, it's just about spreading the hanyak message out there and allowing you guys to show your hanyak pride in the rambling Viking and put us one step closer to sponsoring the bowl game, getting the Hanyak Bowl. I don't care if it's a Juco. It's going to be a bowl game. We're going to get everyone out. It's going to be fun. Yeah, this will probably be 10 years down the road at best, uh, unless I do something wild and crazy and go viral and end up on all the different shows. We will see, though, okay? Nobody knows what's going to happen, but 
yeah, lots, lots of fun stuff going on. So just keep up, keep your eyes on the lookout. Hopefully we'll see how things go though. Yeah. Uh, how not to read the Bible is the book I'm reading right now. If you want to read it and, um, or if you want to wait till my review sometime next week, maybe end of next week, I might drop that as an extra weekend episode or something. We'll just see how it goes if I finish it on time. But yeah, so much, so much, so much to say. So little time to say it. JK, it's a podcast. I could make this four hours long, but I'm not Joe Rogan and I'm not having interesting people like Jordan Peterson on, which I do want to say you, what kind of next level do you have to be at when literally you just having a dude on your podcast to chat with you, i.e. Joe Rogan having Jordan Peterson is like newsworthy. I'm seeing it on Twitter. Daily Wire had a news story. It was all over the place. That's, that's pretty freaking cool. Kind of a big deal. I would love to be there someday. We'll see. That's maybe the goal, but where it's just, you know, it's like, why you want to listen to a Hanyak or a couple of Hanyaks, but those Hanyaks people want to listen to because they got some good stuff to say. So that does it for this episode though. Give me any and all feedback and ideas, comments, anything and everything. You know what it is. Make sure to share it around. Keep it PDFG. Never be afraid to ride the lightning. And that'll do it. We will see you next time and next week. This is your head Hanyak signing off.